Welcome to the Covation Center podcast and the From Bars to Business series. This series focuses on the challenges of reentry for the justice involved and how businesses can benefit from hiring them and make a positive difference in their lives. This podcast is funded through a grant from the First Community Foundation Partnership of Pennsylvania. Chad Ling joins me today to tell his story and share from his perspective a bit about what employers should consider. Today's episode is Success Beyond Bars. Let's get talking. Once again, we're back for a From Bars to Business podcast. Today, I'm getting a chance to sit and talk with Chad Ling, who comes to us from American Rescue Workers, an organization that well, either we've already heard about or we're going to, depending on the sequencing of the podcast when we get them out there. Chad, welcome to the podcast. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, how you doing? Uh, doing well. All right. So my name's Chad. As you said, I'm the warehouse manager for the American Rescue Workers. Uh, I manage uh, the program. Like he said, if you haven't heard about it already, you will hear about it. We have a program here and guys work uh, for me in our men's program and they work in the warehouse and we just do different tasks of which I am responsible for overseeing. And now, uh, depending on where this falls in the sequence, we're going to be talking about the fact that uh, there is this program. It's a 90 day program and Cleveland Way runs it. Uh, and he mentioned 30% or so of the people that are in their program of men who are generally seen as homeless men uh, are justice involved. Uh, what, where did you fall in? How did you find out about rescue workers? How did you fit into that program? So, yeah, I myself uh, came through the program and I was justice involved. Uh, I came straight out of the county jail, uh, had done some time, spent some time there. I came here and I uh, did the program, worked the program and just kind of kept moving up. Um, a lot of the guys that come through the program, like he said, 30 percent are just like me. They have a criminal record, uh, made some bad choices and fell on some hard times and it made it difficult for them to find places to live. And the places that they would end up living uh, weren't good environments to look for a job and start a job. As we start talking about talking to businesses and encouraging businesses to consider hiring people who check that box who say, yeah, they have a criminal background, they're justice involved, or as, as another person I interviewed, Corey Amos calls it, having background barriers, which can be more than just justice involved. And your particular background, as, as we talked about your history, you're not someone that I would look at and say, oh, well, you know, this is obviously, <laughs> this is obviously a criminal, right? Your background, your top of your high school class when you graduated, uh, you were on your way to college and you just hit on some bad decisions, I think you said. Sure. Yeah. I made some, made some bad choices, had some uh, events in my life that, you know, were a little traumatic and I handled it properly. Uh, a lot of what I did stemmed from, you know, the choice of choosing to run from my problems instead of facing head on. You could tell my story in, well, now three different parts, but the first part would be good. And you'd look at me and you'd say, okay, he can go to college. He's going to do good in college. He's going to be successful in his life. And then something flipped. And you can look at the next eight years of my life and you can say, this guy's not going to give anything to our society. He's just going to be doing whatever he wants to do, serving himself. And then now you can look at the third phase, this th third part, third story, if you will. And you can say, wow, this guy's gives back to his community. He works really hard. 
He shows up on time. He does what's asked of him. He's respectful. He's polite. He's intelligent. So you can look at me three different ways. Um, but any one of those ways would be inaccurate and uh, would lead you to find me as someone I'm not. You got to look at the whole picture. I, I appreciate that. Uh, even even in this third act of your three act play, we you, know, you you're saying that the whole person is made up from the first two as well. Absolutely, yeah, that's good to know. And yep. you carry a lot of all of that with you as knowledge and experience. Now, as we talk about the experience that you're carrying. You know, we spent some time talking about the fact you actually hire, you, you do hiring for rescue workers and among other things. And we've talked about businesses that will hire justice involved or background barriered individuals. What, what are some of the things that as a business you would want us to be asking you as someone like that, or you would recommend we look for in, in a person when we look to hire? Well, I mean, if you're talking in relation to the fact that I have a record and that's going to be something that would come up when you do your research on me, um, I would want to be asked why I would want to, I would want to be asked why I had a record, um, what led me there and what's different. You know, I think those are the first questions. Uh, not everybody's going to have that answer, but I think a lot of people will have that answer. And I think that you take that question, you ask it very seriously, and you listen very carefully when that individual answers the question. What sort of answers should I be looking for? I mean, we had talked about that the other day a little bit. Well, I think th I think one of the important things is that um, as I've matured and as people do mature from the mistakes that they've made uh, is accountability. Uh, as an employer, you want an employee who is accountable. Um, and there's no better way to find out if someone will hold themselves accountable than to ask them what caused the things in their life. They can say, uh, this happened, that happened, this person did this to me, that person did that to me. And that might be part of it, but they can also tell you, um, I made some mistakes. I made some bad choices and hopefully I've learned from them. You know, it's funny that you bring this up. I haven't talked about this story in a really long time. Uh, those who know me are going to go, oh, he's about to tell an Air Force story. <laughs> and I am. Uh, <laughs> I, I had a guy come. He wanted to cross train into my career field. I was a, a logistics planner. So we did war planning and we moved people in wartime. He wanted to come out of aircraft fuel cells. He crawled around inside the bellies of tankers and did fuel cell work. And I asked him why he wanted to transfer over. And his answer was he got tired of crawling around in the belly of an aircraft. I'm like, okay, that's fine. And then I looked at his military record and he had what would account for a justice involvement. He got in trouble and, and I asked him what happened and he had a story and his story was, it wasn't his fault. It was the commander. It was the first shirt. It was whoever. And it involved who someone who later became his wife and she was there with him that day. And then she told him, told me, no, 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 my fault. I did this. I did this. I did this. She took accountability. And I actually told him face to face, I'll hire your wife. I won't hire you. <laughs> I need someone who will step mm. up and say, I did this good, right, wrong, or indifferent. I did this and, and it is either my fault or it's to my credit. And, and thank you for bringing that up. Cause whether it's, whether it's justice involved or any other hiring practice, I think it's good to, if, if you're interviewing you, you come up and you tell them the honest answer and you explain the story. And I think it's good for people like me who are hiring to, think th to be thoughtful to to really seek out thoughtful answers and not just dismiss the answer offhand 
uh, as, we, as we hear them and, sure. and pay attention to that. So what are some of the other things that, that I should be looking for in terms of behaviors for someone coming forward? I know we had talked about some of that previously. Well, I, I certainly think that, um, you know, a lot of people have reservations about hiring someone that has um, particular barriers, background barriers, uh, you know, legal issues that have haunted, I guess, to say their past. Uh, I think it's important that you you take that step, you interview thoroughly. And then once you hire, it doesn't stop there. You didn't, you didn't finish the race. Um, you have to start to kind of cultivate that individual. When they come in, um, you, let you, let, you let them know what's important to you. Uh, you know, being on time, uh, being honest, being accountable, um, communication, a lot of these things. If, if an individual hasn't really been in the workforce for a little while, they might not even know mm. that. Oftentimes, a lot of the individuals that they've surrounded themselves with don't care if the person communicates with them. They don't care if they show up two hours late to something. You got to let them know. You got to be firm with it. You create an environment where that's what you expect. Um, if they know that and then they choose to not listen to that, well, then you move forward and you let them know that the consequences of that are that they lose their job. Um, a lot of times I find with individuals that I hire and work with, if I come in right from the rip, right out the door and let them know that this is what's expected, this is what I need, uh, they're good with it. You know, It's a process that they're not used to, but if I tell them about it, explain it to them, and I'm firm with them, you know, don't let it slide, uh, they'll carry on in a way that uh, is very useful to our organization. And this is actually, as I'm hearing everything you're saying, this is just great advice for anybody who's hiring anybody. You know, establish sure. expectations, make sure they're clear expectations and that you're going to hold people accountable to it and that you'll promote them or you'll fire them or whatever you're, you're that, that's just great advice. Right. And I think a lot of, I think a lot of people, employers that I've worked for that they don't set that bar from, from the beginning. And you need to expect that from all your employees, ones that have been there for five years and one that have been there for five hours. You need to expect the same thing. It creates an environment that is just, it's good. If you want to grow your business, if you want to uh, scale up, whatever that looks like, you need to scale up properly. And that includes all these things. So these individuals that have backgrounds, they're no different than the ones that don't. They just made some mistakes. That gives them an opportunity to hold themselves accountable. And you might have to tell them a couple of things that they're not used to hearing, but You'll find out very quickly if they're if they're built for your organization or if they're not. And I like what you're bringing up there too. That uh, some of the the challenges that we may face as an employer with them as an employee are simply they haven't had an experience that others have had. They've had a different experience, and so we just need to kind of help them along that path. And one of the things that we do as employers is, is look to temporary agencies or temp agencies. And temp agencies do a lot of placements, and I'm going to be reaching out to a few of them to talk to. What What are some of the things you've seen happen with these temp agencies, and what do you think temp agencies should be doing as they work with Justice Involved? Well, I think that, again, a lot of this comes back down to basic stuff like communication. They got to communicate with the individuals that are coming in. Find out. Um, a lot of times, they'll just place them as quick as possible. And that's good for a time. Uh, gets them a job, gets them out there working. But if it's not a good fit, um, it falls apart really quickly. I've, I've seen situations where temp agencies will have a guy come in and he'll have the type of 
uh, background that won't allow him to be, be hired on or go into the next phase of the job. Because, you know, the temp agency, you work, you work under them for a time. And then at some point, the goal is to have them hired on with the actual company. Um, and a lot of times these guys, and it becomes discouraging for them. They've had a lot of issues that, that discourage them from going out and working. You know, oh, I can't work here because of this, or I can't work here because of this. Don't place them into a place that they're only going to last three months. And then when they go to get hired on, they find out, wait a minute, I can't even work here anyway. I was just able to because I was under the temp agency. It comes down to the fit. I think they need to take a little bit more time looking to see where individuals fit. And I would actually encourage temp agencies to look to smaller businesses, you know, not just necessarily volume, but uh, quality. I like that a lot. And as I'm saying the word like, I, that I like a lot of things today. I've noticed that, but I do. Because as you know, the Curvation Center, our focus is on small business. And small businesses often will, will say, look, I'm too small to take that risk. And so as, as we're looking to encourage businesses to consider, to consider hiring justice involved, we're not, we're not telling them to hire somebody simply because they check a box. We're, we're, we're asking a business to be careful, but, be con- to, but to consider an employee as an employee and everything they're bringing to the table. What are some of the things that it'd be good for me to know as a business owner? And, and, and what I'm thinking of in terms of what got you to where you are. I think when we talked the first time, you'd had several instances where you'd gone to jail and this time was different. So, so can you talk about how it became different for you? I got, I got too comfortable um, with the, the way my life was going. And I had realized that if I stayed comfortable, nothing would change. Uh, I had to make a change. I had to make a complete change. Mm-hmm. Uh, 180 degrees. Uh, I changed my values. I changed my faith. Um, and I changed pretty much everything I did from the time I woke up until the time I went to bed. I started paying attention to everything I did, being mindful and doing the best I could in everything that I did. Um, that's for me. Uh, I think it's good advice for anybody. Um, when I tie my shoes, I tie my shoes as best as I can possibly tie my shoes. Uh, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. I just try to do the best I can. And I knew that I had to do that. I was aware that I had to do that because if you look at my, if you look at my record, if you look at my background and you don't know, you would think, Oh, this is a bit of a risk. And so that comes back to that whole risk thing for these small businesses. Are they, are they taking just some flippant risk or are they taking a calculated risk? Um, I don't think a small business can afford not to take risks, uh, but they need to be calculated. And the one thing that makes small businesses thrive is people. Um, If you look at just their background, just their record, and you don't calculate whether that person could actually be good for your business or not, you might be missing out. I appreciate that. I appreciate you talking about calculated risk because one of the things that will go into the calculation, and it's going to be a podcast we're going to be airing a little bit later on, we're going to talk with CareerLink about the things that are in place to help mitigate or reduce some of the risks, to remove some of those risks off the table or, or make them less risky, if you will. And I, and I appreciate you bringing that up. 
Um, now, one of the other things that that we had talked about previously, and you've kind of alluded to it here, is is your particular background and taking the whole person into consideration. What are some of the the stereotypes that you think businesses have about people with background barriers, if you will, and and how do we tear down some of those stereotypes and, and use yourself as an example of tearing some of those down, if you would? Well, I think one of the big stereotypes is that um, if you have a background, you're you're this reckless, apathetic individual um, that doesn't want to or have anything to offer to a business, to the world, whatever that looks like. Uh, for me, I am not reckless. I am a little forgetful because if you look at my background, I did drugs for a long time, hard drugs, hard for a long time. So I got to write things down. I have to do it a little different. Some people can just remember things. Some people can't. I have to, I just lost my thought. There you go. <laughs> That's what happens. Nicely um, done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they 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 look at these individuals and they just for some for some reason just think that they don't care and that's that's not the thing that's not it at all uh in fact they should encourage them to care Th these people want to care people want to care it nobody wants to be in and out of jail for the rest of their life nobody wants that um and sometimes some of them haven't uh Again, this comes back to your work environment. Sometimes some of them have come for so long not knowing what's expected, not knowing what it takes. When you, when you set the stage on day one, what it takes, you know, remind them, work with them, talk with them. They're people too, just like you. We all make mistakes. I make mistakes. You make mistakes. Every person I know makes mistakes. You got to be honest about your mistakes. Hold yourself accountable and pay attention to what you're doing. Um, they still have to come to work. They still have to do the best they can. They still have to be mindful that they're on the clock and they're working for you and for your company but um they're not people that they're not people that don't care their 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 record is not something that should define them that's good to know and i and and i keep going back to what you said though so there is the record it doesn't define them but it is an integral part of who you are and as as an employer we probably need to look at that as it could be a negative, but it could be a positive. I mean, the things you've gone through could have made you a stronger person because of the adversity that, that you've traveled through. Absolutely. One of the things that I, I think you'll find with a lot of people, especially people that are, are coming out of it. So they're on, the, they're on the tail end of life as they knew it, which was them being justice involved in the court system, in and out of jail. I have to do things today that you don't have to do because of the things I did in the past. I still have to report to someone that makes sure that I'm not using drugs. I'm not partying. I'm not doing the things that I shouldn't do. I have to pay fines. I have to make sure I check in. I can't have certain things around me. I can't be around certain things. I have to do all that extra stuff. It makes me even more accountable outside of work. I have to do all these things. When an individual is coming out of that on the back end, whether they're still on probation or whether they're still on parole or whatever that might be, um, they actually have their, their whole day is they're, they're held accountable for their entire day. So they've already started this process. They already know what this looks like and what they, they should be doing. Um, 
And then they just have to transfer that into their life at work. Yeah, that's, I'm going to go off her. We don't have a script. But I'm going to go off script for a brief second and, and talk about that whole day as accounted for. Uh, when we're done, I'm going to run over to Wegmans, I think. I don't know. I think I'm going to go run over to Wegmans and I got to get some things for a social we're going to have here at, at the Curvation Center. If your whole day is accounted for and you're, you're reporting to POs, which can either be a parole officer or probation officer, I guess, depending. Um, Correct. Can you just run out to Wegmans or just go anywhere? I mean, what, what sort of restrictions are placed on you? Well, everybody has a different set of okay. guidelines. Um, it just depends on, it depends on the individual. It depends on, again, their record. It depends on their PO, their probation or parole officer. It, it really depends. As I come further out of it, um, it changes. It lightens up a little bit for me. For example, uh, where I came from, my probation officer was on me all the time. Um, and the probation that I'm still on in that county, I get off in two months. The last I talked to her, was four months ago and I'm paying my fines. I, I would call in all the time to check in with her. The last I talked to her four, maybe five months ago, she said, call me in July and let me know that you're done. <laughs> so I, I earned that. It wasn't like that before. It was knocking at my door, calling me all the time, bothering me all the time. I started to do the right thing and I was rewarded for it from them. Um, and it taught me a lesson. It taught me that if if, I'm a, if I hold myself accountable, if I do what I say I'm going to do and I do what's expected of me, good things will come and the restrictions will go away. That's good to know. And it's good for us to know as business owners that we actually, well, one of the things I, heard, I learned from Corey is it's not charity. I mean, these are business decisions. We're making decisions, taking calculated risks. As you said, as a small business, we need to take risks or we're not going to survive. We need to be calculated risks. And it's good for us to, to know that we actually are playing a part in helping you build that credibility with your PO and that we have a, a, a kind of a symbiotic, you're helping our business grow and we're helping you grow in a sense. And that's, right. that's an amazingly positive outlook on this. And ultimately, I, I view this as we're helping somebody come from being something we have uh, treated as an object, a a checkbox. To you know, you're a member of our community. You're you're a friend. You're you're a customer when you come in and buy something from from my place, right? You're a uh, you're a neighbor. You you live next door, and so many uh, just live just down the road. I mean, who knows, right? And the idea is that we want to view people as neighbors and not anything else, just part of our community. Right. They're all those things. People are all those things. Um, and one of the things that I am is on probation. It's just another thing that, that it, it doesn't define you. It just explains and, and helps us understand. Right. Thank you for joining me today, Chad. You've, you've opened my eyes to so much in, in our conversation, both off the record and on the record. And, and I am grateful for that. Thank you for hopefully opening some eyes from our listeners as well. All right. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us for this podcast. Hopefully you found it informative and please listen to the remaining parts of this multi-part series as we explore the ways businesses can be successful in hiring and providing support for justice-involved individuals. 
We encourage you to check out the other resources the Covation Center has for small business owners. Visit our website at covationcenter.org and be sure to watch our video series on YouTube. Just search for Covation Center. We provide various videos designed to help you start and grow your small business. Until next time, have a great day.